and welcome to Swapping Joysticks. It is the 19th of October and... <clears throat> wow. Sorry there. The frog. Yeah, the frog in my throat. Um, and it is the... Yeah, we are live on a Wednesday, which is very unusual, isn't it? But it won't be. It won't be. No, we are now... Well, do you want to tell, tell the listeners? Tell the listeners... Um, well, we're doing Wednesdays now. That's 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 the news. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're we've moved into Wednesdays. We moved from because a lot of events that we go to seem to be on Thursdays. So we have now switched to Wednesdays. You say that as if we are the most social, popular people in world in the world. Like there's so many events on a Thursday, we just couldn't possibly do the podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, it wouldn't. But also Wednesday, middle of the week. We can chat about whatever's been going down. Uh, Thursday's like near the end of the week, so all the news is kind of about to come out. Because usually, like, if we stream and talk about games on a Thursday, so many games come out on a Friday. Whereas now we'll only be one day less out of date. As, as, as a news reporter, that makes absolutely zero difference. But sure, let's go with that as an excuse. May the Wednesday be with you and treat us. Yes, so apparently, so um, Geek Herring, great podcast. Go to geekherring.com. And I think that's right. Is that geekcaring.com? It is .com. Or .co.uk. I think it's .com. Or .au. What's Austria? Um, but yeah, if you go AT. to Geekcaring, I think of, they've been having some issues streaming on Wednesdays. So hopefully it'll be better for us than it is for you. It is geekcaring.com. We we were on there quite recently. Mm. Were we, dr we weren't drunk as well. I had one. Well, I wasn't. Maybe you were. No, I had one glass of wine. That's it. But now it's going to be weird because when we do the podcast, I'm like, yay, tomorrow's Friday. Oh, it's not. It's only Thursday. No. But anyway, we're going to be on Wednesday because we're out tomorrow. Can we... Well, today's hump day, so that makes sense, doesn't it? Exactly. We can hump on stream. What? Um, and we're going to be humping, playing Zelda The Wind Waker a bit later. Mm. But, and also opening a box. So, um, yeah, Ed, what uh, What are we doing tomorrow? Are we allowed to say? I don't know. Um, Maybe. We're going to a thing tomorrow, which is kind of what started this all off, is that I received an invite to a thing, and uh, we decided, you know what, stuff happens on Thursdays, not much happens on Wednesdays, so why don't we change? Yeah. Um, but it's it's a launch event for a game that you have played this week. That's true, I'm going to be talking about it super soon. Um, I've been playing, in fact, should I talk about it now? Why don't, yes, why don't we talk about what we've been playing? Wow, see, already there. 1940, you know, only what? Wait, actually, the stream's it's been on for nearly three minutes, and we're already talking about that is super soon. Uh, we're already talking about games we've been playing, but yeah, I've been playing The Incredible, and I'm gonna say straight out the bat, it is an incredible game Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which comes out tomorrow, I believe, the 20th. Did it spark joy? It really did spark joy, yeah, it's. Such a fantastic game. If you like the original, I mean, if you liked the original, you're probably raving about it anyway, because it's one of those games that people who played it love it, find it fantastic, and think it's incredible. They call it severely underrated, because it was kind of released at the beginning of the Switch cycle when, you know, Breath of the Wild was out, and 1-2-Switch, you know, all the best games. And and how far did you get in the uh, in the first game? I played a lot to just to understand the mechanics. I understood what was going on there. I have, That's about two minutes. I have one regret, though. What? I never got to that opera level. 
Well, tell the, tell them about the list. Th- that's this oh. is the thing, Ben. You need to you need to stick with things, and then and then you see the best. No, of them. but then you play a game for a little while. You kind of get the mechanics. You understand where it's going, and you're like, right, okay, I'm going to spend my time playing a different game. Well, I, I we will get to what I've been playing, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but yes, I've been playing the first Marin Rabbits, and um, yeah, I have. I'm presuming there are four worlds. Um, I've just started the fourth one. But uh, over the weekend, I played through the entirety of the third world, uh, which is a sort of haunted horror, haunted house kind of level, um, at the end of which is an opera boss, which is called Phantom. And it is a hybrid between a rabid, a boo, and a gramophone. And it sings opera and sings uh, Taking the Piss Out of Mario. Um, and it is not as good as the Great Mighty Pooh from Conker's Bad Fur Day, but it's close. Wait, so it's a boo, so it's a phantom, yes. and it's an opera singer. Yes. But it's not Phantom of the Opera, no. Oh, okay. They're not allowed <laughs> to get... They, they don't sing that. No. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's an amazing, an amazing uh, boss. It's really fun. Um, and has been the absolute highlight for me of the first game, um, which I will surely fill it, finish, and you will... Um, you can tell me about it. You will not. No, you can tell me about it afterwards. Yeah, the Great Mighty Pooh is one of the greatest and mightiest bosses in gaming. Great Mighty Pooh. Have you ever seen it? No. As in Pooh Bear? No, as in it's a literal turd inside a shit mountain, and it sings... Um, it literally sings opera. In what? In Conquer's Bad Fur Day? Yeah. I, no, I never played it. I am the great mighty poo and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? I believe are the words. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was a I game I played that for when kids. I was about... 12? Yeah, isn't that, a kid, <laughs> isn't that a kid's game? It's definitely not a kid's game. Okay. I, um, it just looks like it is. And is it worth a stream? Do you really think you'll survive in here? You don't seem to know which creek you're in. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? Um, <laughs> and then there's a third verse. You get... I was going to say, you're testing me. You don't give a shit, and I'm just remembering. Go, go, do, I'm enjoying this. This is a great... I'm going to sit here with my cup of tea. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah, it was in development as a kid's game, but they decided that there were so many kiddie, cutesy platformers that they would turn it into an adult game. Um, I remember you're like a... Um, Give us a, any requests for Ed, we'll, we're going to sing. God, I can't remember the third verse now. Oh, this is really annoying me. By the way, if anybody, uh, how's the sound before we uh, go into, how, what, the third verse of the Pooh song? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember. Is it a game that's like worth a stream? No, absolutely not. Oh, is it bad? <laughs> it's, um, it's, an, it's an amazing game, um, but I think it's probably like date really dated now i imagine mm. there are lots of like the 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 opening level is a sort of typical um snake eater which, that's a great tune um it's like a sort of farmyardy kind of level 
except for there is a bee that wants to pollinate a flower um, that has massive tits. <laughs> this isn't like my kind of game. Why didn't I play this? Is you, it on Xbox? To be fair, you would actually love it because it's incredibly juvenile humour. <laughs> uh, no, offence uh, offense taken. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. I think it is. They, they remastered it slash remade it slightly on Xbox. Mm. Um, it's, no, I don't think it is TOS, to be honest. Is it not? Oh, well, it won't be added. It, it won't, it's, it's not like it's genital jousting, is it? Um, there's, there's, a, um, there's a cow that you have to feed laxatives to to make it shit everywhere. Um, Drugging there's, cows. There's, there's just... And then there's a shit mountain. It, it, it's an amazing game. <laughs> if you're like a 12-year-old child, it's the best thing ever. Anyway, we were talking about wabbids. So let's, wabbids? Wabbids. Let's go back to that. Rabbids. Yeah, so I've been playing uh, some, you know, the Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I played a bit of the original. Um, it just didn't grab me. No, but it was a really fun game of what I played. And this one is doing everything but better. So I'm I'm going to give you a little spoiler-free update on it because I'm only at the first Please. world. I haven't done the first boss yet. Uh, but yeah, straight away kind of gives you a very, very loose tutorial throws you in within about 20 minutes you're there going around in a pretty much open world area and so they threw me at this they throw for those of you who don't know what uh, Marion Rabbids is it is a um it's a turn-based tactical action rpg which i believe is what they call it um but when it's turn-based it's not necessarily like it's your turn and you can you can move your characters as many as you want wherever in whatever order you want so it's not like it's this person's turn, then it's this person's turn, then it's this person's turn, which can grate a little bit like in, um, for example, in Divinity. Whereas this one, when it's your turn, you can, you've can, you got a lot of freedom in what to do. Instead of kind of moving around in blocks, you could, you're kind of free roam. It'll tell you where you can go and you can run around that area and go as far you know towards the edge as possible. You're not like limited to a grid. Um, the only time you are frozen in place is after you've, fired your main weapon so you move to wherever you want to you can bounce off your teammates get a lift to get you know to go a little bit further you've got some specials you have these special abilities there's a couple uh, that each of them have um and then yeah so you look at it and you're just trying to kind of beat the opponents however many there are based on uh yeah like looking at what how you can uh, manipulate the tactics and it's great fun and I've currently got, mm, yeah. And obviously every character you've got has their own special, unique power. Like Luigi is an amazing sniper with a bow and arrow. Mario is great. Hang on, with a bow and arrow? Yeah. He uses a bow and arrow he uses now? uses a bow and arrow, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no longer a sniper. It is a bow and arrow. Uh, Mario is, if I remember, just like a general all-rounder. Um, he's boring because he's Mario. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new person that's joined the team, which I won't talk too much about, but he does remind me a little bit of Squall from uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Interesting. He has a big is blade. He, is, is he a bit emo? Uh, yes. Okay. He has emo as in like, yeah, wears black and leather, but also has like kind of yellowy hair. Black emo leather? Yeah. Wait, do you mean cloud? With no, I mean, do you want me to show you a picture of him? No. Okay. He's called Edge. <laughs> And, I, and it's not the wrestler. Okay, interesting. Um, 
but yeah, Edge has joined and but I love Rabid Peach so much. So I keep trying to use Rabid Peach. But what I'm doing at the moment doesn't really use Peach. In fact, the best one that I've found so far, apart from Luigi, is actual Princess Peach. She has an umbrella that she turns and she has like a cone attack that does a ridiculous amount of damage. If I was streaming this on Monday and a few people were like, what the hell? Like, I could just destroy, I could kill like 12 opponents within a couple of rounds without taking any damage whatsoever just because of Peach's uh, special ability. I have, being a fair way into the first game, I have a lot of questions, which I'm sure will be answered when I eventually play this. Um, but one of the things I really like about the first game is the fact that it is very rigid on a grid. Um, and to me, it feels less like a strategy game and more like a puzzle game of mm. being in the right place. But it's all very strict, you know, very strict rules. Yeah. And I can't imagine it being freeform and having to sort of hide specifically behind cover and things like that. How do you find that? Yeah, no, it's definitely not a puzzle game and it's more strategy. And it's strategy is in the fact that because you can freely roam, you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to send this character quite far forwards and I need to make sure he's not out of the range of my other character because I want the other character then. So once I've moved this person, I'm going to use my other character to launch themselves off the person I've moved because that's the one I want at the front uh, and uh, being able to attack you know, from close combat. So I'm like, okay, well, Luigi, you go forwards a little bit because you do great uh, sniping. So I'm going to move you here quite forwards. But then I'm going to use Mario to bounce off Luigi and get him to use his little umbrella to go as far, far as possible so that he can use his close combat attacks or his um, his gun that he uses at a much closer distance. So you're, And then, yeah, so you're trying to kind of work out who you want in what position and where, but you've just got a lot more free uh, free choice of where to put them it's not but yeah you want to keep them near cover because when you when they are near cover as soon as you go off them or you finish their turn they'll automatically go behind it and hide oh okay that's good yeah um my other question is in terms of the team makeup and how different they are and how much you can swap between them because what i'm finding in the first game is that I really like Rabbit Peach because obviously, mm -hmm. and I really like Luigi because obviously, and I keep finding myself basically using them all the time, and you have to use Mario all the time as the leader. Oh no, you so, don't. Which yeah, I've, I've I swapped um yeah yeah no I swapped him out. In fact, I think he was not in Benin. Mario's like my least favorite character in the first yeah. game, and I would much prefer to use somebody else. But I end up using him, Luigi, and Rabbit Peach all the time. And whenever I switch in someone else to sort of mix it up, the strategy for myself, mm. I, I end up screwing it up and I get annoyed. So I end up sticking with the same ones all the time, yeah. which is starting to become, become a little bit repetitive. And I just wish I could swap Mario out instead. Yeah, I'm pretty... Oh. As far as I remember, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I didn't even I use Mario. I think that you can. Yeah. I'm well, the Edge came in and it was Edge... Uh... Yeah, it was Edge and Rabbid. Oh, it was Edge, Peach, and Luigi that I was using. Because I don't even know, remember where. N I think I hadn't even rescued Mario at that point. I can't remember exactly. It was. It's, you know, it's, I've slept since, so I don't remember anything about the game. But yeah, it's also a weird ramping difficulty in areas, which is similar to the first one. Like the first areas I was going through, not even taking a single hit. And then I got to this boss, and it 
I was down to... So you get about 600 health uh, with the various level ups and stuff that I've done. Um, and yeah, so they had 600 health and I think I had, out of the three characters I had, two of them were down and the last one finished, well, beat the boss with like 36 HP left. So it was with the very last throw of the dice. Were you just not were. very good at it, man? Oh yeah, no, if I'd re... thing is like, you look at that and it's a complete mess. You can either kind of stumble through it or you can then go and redo it and probably wipe the floor with them because you know exactly what you need to be focusing on whatsoever. Like there was, yeah, so there were ads. There was the main boss and then there were a bunch of ads around it. And then more ads started spawning in. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I should have just focused on the boss. And also this boss, if you get close to it, will go and, you know, instantly re uh, react to any attack that you do on them. And so you need to get some people that have got a decent, uh, you know, long range attacks. So it was... Yeah, it's uh, it's a really and the great thing is at the beginning of each battle you can actually like look around. I don't know if you could in the first one, but you, you can, can. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can look around the battlefield, assemble who you whoever you want. But also, yeah, you've got your skill trees, so you can level them up and choose where to focus on. Uh, Nath gave this is. I'm sure if you're good, you can do well the first time, Ed. Which is what Ed would try and do, and then when he doesn't get it right the first time, we'll get very angry. Oh, I'll scream and shout, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, and it's also very funny because it's rabbits, and rabbits are hilarious. So it sparked joy and you would recommend it? Spark joy and I definitely would. And I'm hoping tomorrow will also spark joy. We'll see. Mm. We'll find out. But yeah, no, it's great. And I can't wait for the next, because obviously you're going to be, you're going to be able to go from world to world and uh, they idea is that you're in a rocket and you've got to get to a certain place and then you having to get to that certain place you need to get energy and you go to each of these planets to get closer and closer and i imagine like yeah i'm really intrigued and quite looking forward to seeing where the next uh planets are and like what their biomes are like and what the planets because they've all got really weird and interesting and colorful characters just like the original also there's quite a lot of side quests well, I went there and there were four, nice. there was like the main story and then there were four side quests that I could have done. So I went and did like two or three of them um, and then did a little bit of the story. And then there was like another three uh, side quests added. So they do keep adding uh, various things uh, like on a map. You first go there. Well, when I went to the first major planet, I went there. I was like, OK, it's relatively small. I'll do the little side quest, do the main quest, and then we'll go on to the next one. I mean, that was. Yeah, three hours later, I was still on there having fun going to a place that wasn't even accessible at the very start. So it is a, a rather interesting uh, game. Hmm. I will have to steal it from you. You'll have to steal my Switch for that, though, because I have a download code. I can do that. <laughs> right. What has been sparking your uh, joy, we'll call it? <laughs> sparking my joy. Yeah. Um, I'm not... Tickling your pickle. Well, it's been sort of spark sparking my joy a bit. Um, this week, I have been playing Pokemon Shining Pearl. Oh, that's very kind of, uh, of you for playing the game that I gifted you after how long? Two years? Um, one year. Okay, and a half. And, and did you play Brilliant Diamond yourself? I did. And how long? I played it until I got bored. So about 20 minutes then? I did, I did like two gyms, three gyms. Sure. We I, do... I did name my rival Ben, to be fair, and oh. I do very much enjoy kicking Ben's ass. Um, 
No, I I played a good sort of fourteen hours or so, I think, of this um, uh, when I first got it a year ago, um, and and for a while. Um, How many Pokemon have you got in fourteen hours? About forty different ones. Yeah, <laughs> I think got to catch some of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the slogan. <laughs> got to catch um, a couple. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yes, catch a couple so you can breed them. Um, so, no, basically because Scarlet and Violet are out next month, and I, um, the, more, the more I see of that, the more I am intrigued and excited to see what they're going to do with it, where the series is going next. Um, and I decided, actually, I really need to tick off Shining Pearl so that I can then just focus on that and not have it hanging over me. So... I've gone back to it, um, and I am enjoying it. There are things that I definitely don't like about it. Um, I really don't like the art style, I'll be honest. Um, this kind of weird, chibi art style with the big heads and everything. It's just, it's really odd. Did me. you like the Zelda one that was like that? Which one was that? Uh, Link's Awakening? Oh, no, that was adorable. Oh. Yeah, because this, this is... Yeah, this is this is just a bit weird looking. Um, and the other thing is the controls. Um, like, there's just this weird thing where your character, ultimately, it, it's you know, it's mimicking uh, mim- mimicking a Game Boy game because that's what it is. It's a remake of a Game Boy game, um, and it has eight way directions when you move your character, but your character sort of gets stuck on 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 the scenery and sort of slows down really easily. And when when you've got to go through intricate bits of scenery, it's just it's just really awkward to control, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm just finding it irritating. Um, but it's it's nice to go back to a really sort of old school, traditional Pokemon game um, yeah. of you know the way that it used to be. You know, it very much feels like a Game Boy game dressed up with some slightly nicer, but personally, I think weird graphics. Um, Would you say that the chibi art style is to video games what Crocs are to shoes? What unnecessary? A bit like ugly, ugly and unnecessary and plastic. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it's nice to play an old school Pokemon game. Um, I am finding it pretty easy. I've raced through about three gyms in a couple of hours. Um, just through going through uh, very, very quickly. Um, and I, I'm i not using a lot of variety of Pokemon. I haven't seen a big variety of Pokemon out in the field. Um, the trainers I'm battling are using the same, like, three on repeat. So it's, it's a bit repetitive. Um, and the, the gyms are... I sort of see the gyms as the equivalent of, like, a Zelda dungeon to go through. And I like it when they're quite puzzly and you've got to work stuff out. And some of them really aren't. There was one that was a ghost-type um, uh, a, a ghost type gym. And the puzzle was literally maths questions. Now, I managed to get through it without making any mistakes, funnily enough. Really? Maths? Yeah, I know, doing wow. maths. Um, but it was literally just, this plus this equals what? And then you just pick a door with the right answer. And it's just like, this is not... A, a fun puzzle. But, so, but remember, Pokemon does have a large gay audience, so there'll be some people that are probably like they got to that bit and was like, "Right, that's it. I can't get any further." I mean, I was stumped for a few seconds. Yeah, you know, gay maths just did did click. 
Um, so, you know, it feels a bit limited. It feels a bit old. Um, but, like I say, it's nice to to play a sort of traditional Zelda game, a Pokemon game. But it's also making me intrigued as to how things are going to change for um, Scarlet and Violet. I think, like, for me, I played Blue and then I played um, Shield, like, what, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't seen that progression or lack of progression in the series. Oh, yeah, no, it's terrible. I, I get every Pokemon, um, every generation, and only the only time I've ever been like, wow, this is great, was the first. And then gold and silver, because I think that was more color and it was, you know, could like the difference from red and blue to gold and silver was at the time for me, it's like, wow, this is great. And then Arceus. Yeah. Like those, and I've played every, a bit of every, you know what I'm like with games, but like every generation I would buy it and play it a little bit and go, this is absolutely identical to the last one. Did we decide it's Arceus or is it Arceus? I've decided it's Arceus. Okay, I'm going to go with Arceus then, just to be different. Um, So yeah, for me, playing Shield was a really nice return to, oh, it's a Pokemon game and I haven't played one in like 20 years and this is great. Um, And then going back and playing Pearl, it's like, oh yeah, this is what they used to be like. This is nice. Mm. Playing Arceus is then, okay, this is where it's kind of going. Um... But I can see where that didn't quite go far enough and where S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't quite change things enough um, with the wild area. And I'm looking at Scarlet and Violet thinking, these look great, but I'm still worried they're not quite going far enough again. Um, it's, um, you know, they're, they're open world, but graphically they're not great. The frame rate, frame rate looks pretty terrible. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued but worried about where the series is going. But playing through... Pearl is a nice reminder of of where we've come from. So yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Uh, we've got a few people in the chat are very upset by your hatred of Crocs. God. Um, really? Oh my God, fuck you, says uh, a certain money does stuff. Um, Crocs are very comfortable. Thank you very much. I don't think we denied that, did we? Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I've actually never worn Crocs, but I don't wish to because they just look revolting that I don't want to be anywhere near them. They are the mushrooms of the footwear world. They are. Uh, also, great to go into the garden with. Can you think of any other things that you could I wear? I don't have a garden, so I, I can't do that. No. If you had a garden, would you get Crocs? No, I'd probably go bare feet, to be honest. <laughs> but what if you've got a dog that shits? Money probably doesn't clean up. Wow. <laughs> Fertilizes the garden. Maybe some old trainers or, I don't know, welly boots if it's that bad. Yeah. Um, what the fuck is your problem with Crocs, says Heather. Helia says, unnecessary. Let's ask a nurse if that's true. Nurses wear Crocs. So you are shitting on the NHS. You are pretty much saying privatise the NHS by saying you dislike Crocs. That's definitely not what I said and taking a step further, but sure. Now, Heather's just bought some Crocs with fluffy insoles for work. Fluffy Crocs. Plastic and fluff together. Mmm. No. Um, but to be nice. honest, Croc sandals are very nice, but they don't look like Crocs. Like flip-flops, Croc-flops. Flip-Crocs. They're You're great. really not selling it to me. They're really No, they're just, they just look like normal flip-flops, but they've got like a slight little nipples on the bottom so when you walk you get a foot massage why do you want shoes with nipples well they don't not actual nipples 
They're just like little nubs. nubs. That's the word. Yeah. It's not for me, I'm afraid. No. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, people. Yeah. If, tomorrow's question of the day. Post your crocs. <laughs> Find out who the unfashionable people are. Um, <laughs> you said that, not me. Hey, I've had them. I've had crocs before. Uh, not actual crocs. I don't even know how they work. What about um, Final Fantasy? I've heard you've been playing Final Fantasy. Well, you saw me play some Final Fantasy. You helped me um, work out what the hell a retainer is. So now I have a little Twinkie bunny boy who carries all my shit around for me, which is lovely. Um, so that's nice. Um, I have finally got up to MSQ level, which means that I have finally actually done some more of Stormblood, which is a joy. Huh. So, um, hmm. yeah, I am, uh, I'm definitely going to keep, keep uh, playing some more of that. As I'm healer, as your main. Yes, healer so, is main. I don't want to be a downer. But when in Shadowbringers especially, and then definitely Endwalker, the duties and especially the raids are very, very difficult and have very obscure mechanics or mechanics that you need to know going into them. So as a healer, you'd be going in there not really knowing what the boss mechanics are and then dying and letting the whole team down. Whereas a DPS can be rezzed, a healer can't. Okay, firstly, I have not spent the last year leveling very slowly a white mage just to not use them so that's not going to happen and secondly this is where you come in because then we play together and you can be the tank so you can lead things slowly and give me the chance to learn as we go but yeah i don't know mechanics either so it'd be if you're the healer with not knowing it and i'm the tank who doesn't know it we're screwed that's fine oh well it'll be fun you won't be perfect the first time yeah that would be Terrifying for you. Yeah, not, yeah. I mean, that's true. But we'll see. I have been playing a little bit of Endwalker, though. I did uh, the last, uh, yeah, about twice. I've had two lengthy gaming sessions uh, playing Endwalker. I'm about level 80. Well, I am level 84 main story quest. My um, character is level 86. But yeah, level 84 um, main story quest. I won't say any spoilers, but I thought it was quite slow. And I think I might have mentioned this before. It was quite slow. Just loads and loads of cutscenes. And just going from like one area to another, doing kind of simple things and being like, okay, that's great. There's lots of talking. And now, boom, they gave me an amazing, this dungeon that was just wild. They sent me into a, a trial, which is like a boss fight, which took us a well over an hour to complete because we kept wiping, because it has some obscure mechanics that people weren't quite learning. But, you know, we were learning because we got further each time and then eventually we did it. So that was, you know, a sign of progress. That's teamwork. That's learning. That's lovely to hear. And then they sent us to, well, sent me to a brand new area that was pretty incredible. And I won't spoil it. So please don't. it is, yeah, it's grabbed me again and I can't wait to play some more. I also can't wait to play some more. Mm. When are you playing some more? Um, well, I am trying to make of Sunday evening my Final Fantasy night where every week I'm going to play it and um, and yeah just make an effort to play a little bit every week um, but I might do some more in the week as well maybe, maybe I don't know Wednesdays no, no Thursdays I mean maybe Thursdays maybe hmm. we'll you do that while I do some editing and things like that 
done. Follow me on TikTok. So I'm going to do some uh, videos. Uh, it depends what time we get back tomorrow. I might go and add one. Maybe record one. Aimless depends, plug. Depends how many drinks I've had. What's your TikTok, Ed? I don't have a TikTok. No. All right. Well, you just follow. He's got an alt for the porn TikToks. Which apparently are a thing. I didn't realize. I thought... What, porn TikTok? Yeah. I've not... there's porn everywhere. Yeah, but I haven't... Well, I didn't realize there was porn on TikTok. Somebody told me there was, and I haven't seen it, so it might be completely wrong. No, I need to follow it. Is there a a porno TikTok? Definitely porn Twitter. Oh, oh, yeah. We all know that. Called... I mean, now it's just circles. Everybody's got a porn Twitter. (laughs) You should see Ed's circle. I'm not sure if you're trying to make that rude or... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to bend over on stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, TikTok. Oh, oh, no. Very nice. Or TikTok. They take down every single nip slip or bare cheek right away. That's strange because they take down nudity, but they don't take down, like, hate. And... Well, no, actually, they used to take down... Well, they didn't... Uh, anybody that used, like, LGBT in their... Um, like in the tag, they it wasn't like pushed to people's front page and stuff like that. Because mm, isn't TikTok TikTok.us or is it .com? I have absolutely no idea. I had it was always .us, even though it was a Chinese site. Weird. Yeah, you know, a nip slip is taken down right away, but hate speech, homophobia, transphobia, racism is obviously kept up because what is it? Social media. Mm. You know, it's Chinese, but I always thought TikTok was .us. Thought they use that web page, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I think you are wrong. I wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> it is dot com. Okay, so I thought it was dot us. What's the one that's dot us? I honestly have no idea. Okay. Well, um, any other games we've been playing? No, but I think we should talk about the news. The new. Well, no, should we see what the people have been playing? Oh, of course. Sorry, wow. just forget to uh, to hear from the people. All right, then. Uh, let's go and see what the peeps have been playing. Go on, I'll let you uh, do oh, this. more than earlier. Yes. Um, so, Moon Princess is still playing Dreamlight Valley. Um, you'll have to let us know what you think about Scar. Scar. Because that came out today. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so you'll have to let us know about that. Uh, and more Ocarina of Time randomizers. Very nice. Um, Jinx uh, says Wild Flowers has my complete attention this week. It's a lovely witchy farming game with all sorts of diversity. Let's just say there's a rainbow flag flying at Town Hall. Yes. The plot keeps thickening the farther I go. We love a thick plot. Um, It is beautifully layered and completely voice acted. Good one for you. Mm -hmm. No voices needed. What do you mean? Um, The art is gorgeous, and you can pet the cat and maybe possibly take a spin being her too. Now, I've I've heard of this game. It sounds very, very cute. I've just remembered. I played Coral Island. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Maybe I will play more of it and talk about it next week, but I love Coral Island. I think... The the potential for what they've got there and what they already have is something that could eclipse Stardew. I mean, Stardew obviously has its mods and things, but Coral Island just has. I mean, I, I will be doing a, uh, I'll be making a video on that in the next week, probably. So uh, check that out. But yeah, it is vast. Not just the map, but the amount of things you can do. There are a bunch of things like there's even a, a pet shop where you can buy, you know, puppies and traffic them. 
But that doesn't now open. I need to play more. That does. Or is it a cat one, maybe? I think it might be cat or puppy. I think it might be a puppy. But that's uh, coming out with their 1.0 release. So there's a few things that look incredible, even more than what they've already got. But a lot of them are like, yeah, we're bringing this out at 1.0. Nice. And there are animals around, and you can go and greet the animals. And you can be as gay as shit. Excellent. I went to the uh, rather, you know, I think it was Pablo who works in the blacksmiths. And he was like, oh, yeah. oh I is didn't he, Is he who's taking your fancy? Yeah. Yeah, and he was, well, he, I went there and he said, oh, hey, I didn't realize the new farmer was this cute. I'm like, okay, I'll sleep with you. Cool. They just need to show a bit of interest. A small compliment, is that all it takes? That, well, that's all you should know. <laughs> Pretty sure I didn't compliment you at all, but okay. <laughs> um, uh. But there we go, Wildflowers, says Jinx. Uh, well, maybe you should give that a go as well. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Amanda says Tom and I played Mario Party 64 the other night and it was a hilarious chaos disaster as you can imagine I'm guessing because that's on Switch now isn't it it is and so is Goldeneye not yet is it not no it's coming oh not yet oh I got an email that had Goldeneye in it from Nintendo we should do another Mario Party night we should do oh, yeah can we get drunk again yes can we can you get as drunk as I will no why not because you had far too much gin. And? And I'm not cleaning up your vom. I did, I did not vom. Oh, yeah, coming soon. I, no, we should definitely have gin. We need a Mario Party gin night. Definitely. Let's do it. Hmm. Uh, Gemma, this is not the answer that works best for the podcast. Thank you anyway. So I thought Gemma <laughs> said something different in this. Okay, so <laughs> it's called... Homo farm, which clearly from this distance you read as porno farm. I did, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> when she said it's not great for the podcast, and I was like, "Oh, porno farm." I was like, "Is this going to be TOS?" Yeah, no. Pomo farm is in Pomodoro, is in tomato. No, okay. I prefer porno farm. I think porno farm. Someone needs to make a life sim called porno farm. <laughs> that TikTok. Uh, yeah, no, not porno. Yeah, it, no, it's animal cruelty videos all over TikTok. Get your nipple out. No, that's, that's very different. Yeah. Anyway, Pomo Farm, which is a gamified Pomodoro timer. It runs for 25 minutes while you work on your tasks, and then you get five minute breaks. In those five minute breaks, you run a farm with a little duck named Tomato and a seed selling mouse named Sunflower. You earn skills, you water crops. It's super, super simple, but adorable, and it's helping me get through my mountain of a to-do list. I also love that the duck farmer is named Tomato, because the Pomodoro method is named after the Italian word for tomato. Oh, tomaquette in uh, Catalan. There you go. So yeah, it's basically like a pr productivity game, but that sounds very, very cute. Would you rather play Porno Farm or Animal Cruelty Farm? Porno Farm, obviously. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Literally like watering dicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go and let the dicks out. T get take the dicks for a milking, <laughs> and then selling the produce. Yeah, exactly. at the local store. Exactly. Yeah. Don't pluck the tits. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Ben's face says, "I'm not sure which I'd play." I mean, porno fan does sound great, but also like, you know, like. A farming simulator where you can kind of just take a chainsaw to the pig barn. Wouldn't you kind of find that, find that a little bit interesting? 
No. No? Oh, just me then. Wow. Let's <laughs> move on. Um, <laughs> uh, Pancake has been playing a bit of Coral Island, but I'm saving that for streaming. So offline, I've been playing The Sims. And, but I'm Lots of new exciting stuff so coming. Offline, They're, launching the They're launching a program to directly vet and support models, which is awesome. They're launching a program to directly vet and Also, they're fully developing infants early next year, so they have more gameplay than just exist in a cradle. Also, also, they also mm-hmm. just announced that The Sims 5 is in the works, but several years off, and they're still updating and making new content for The Sims 4, and it will be more customizable than ever, and multiplayer optional, and cross-platform. There we go. That was going to be one of my headlines, but there we go. Um, yes, I did open up the page with an echo for a second. Sorry. Apologies. I used to have a button on my stream deck that I could click, and it would put a marker, because I was thinking... Porno farm, I need to make that a clip. I need to promote the podcast on Twitter with a clip of us talking about porno farm. Because I think that perfectly encapsulates that's, this stream. That's not going to bring in new people. Well, some of the people that follow me on Twitter might be uh, interested with that. Yeah, sure. I mean, it might. Who here wants to play porno farm? <laughs> it's such a shit name as well, isn't it? <laughs> All right, keep keep going. Uh, Miss Behaven has just started playing Potion Permit. You're a chemist from the capital that has come to an island to help heal the mayor's daughter. However, I bet you're going to heal her. Um, however, they are very against chemists because a long time ago, a chemist came there and did some weird experiments. Oh, dear. That caused the local plant life to stop growing. Your job is to make potions to help the townspeople and earn their trust. I've got so much fun. Are there things to do? Are there frogs in that? Probably. Yeah. The graphics are Stardew-esque. I love the dialogue with the townspeople and just the town in general. There are broken down buildings, and as you earn the trust of the villagers, they will start rebuilding things around town. I think that's a really fun mechanic. It incentivizes you to interact with the townspeople, whereas most games, there's no real consequences Excuse me for not, taking, for not talking to them. Is that chilly? It is. It's the chilly. It's coming back up. Um, the harvesting is really fun, and if you don't want to harvest, you can do quests and odd jobs around town. I'm loving it so far. Wait till the chilly goes out. Oh. Poor Boots then, employees, yeah. Lastly, uh, Jackson, Shatterline is the game I've been on. It's a free-to-play multiplayer roguelike from Ukraine. I'll be shatting more than a line later after that. Those, uh, It'll be black, shatting a whole... It'll be shatting up the walls. Shat, yeah. You know it's bad when it goes around the rim of the toilet. It'll be shatterlining arse piss. Yeah, do all the old ass piss. Oh, anyway, so porno and shit. We mentioned that in the space of uh, 10 minutes. So what's been happening in the news, newsman? Well, you could uh, get the news stories up. We can tell the people. Get them up. Right, where are we? Which one do you want first? Bayonetta 3 or Um, customizable? No, let's not spoil it. Sorry. (laughs) Wow. What do you want first? Would you like number one, two, three, four, five? If you go for number two, because um, we've already... We're just discussing this, um, which is there was an update for The Sims, um, a Sim Summit uh, from EA earlier in the week. Um, and the big news from that is they gave a super early look at the next Sims game, which presumably will just be called Sims 5. Uh, but they're calling it Project Reen or Rene. Rene. What, what about if they just call it The Sims and then it's just constantly updated with packs? And a subscription model. Well, lovely. I, yeah, I still think The Sim. I mean, I have never played The Sims. Mm. 
I've watched a friend play it when I was about 10. Mm. Um, I love The Sims. I remember when I've the... never actually sat and played it. I remember when The Sims was difficult. Like you would be dying, covered in your own piss, starving to death, out of work, trying to get them to work while they've literally just pissed in the hallway and haven't eaten for 24 hours and I'm there sending them to work and then they collapse. Uh, yeah, so that is... I remember when The Sims was... I mean, that was Biggest Brother, That was, but that was intentional. But no, Sims, I remember Sims used to be difficult. Sims 1, especially The Sims 1 was really difficult. Especially when you want when you make them go to work, especially when there's like more than one person in the house. Two people maximum in a house. Yeah, two people in a flat is chaos. It's not good. Well, no, anymore. everyone should definitely live alone. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean you can get your cheats in and stuff, but then the second you put cheats on, it just doesn't feel fun. And I used Cheat. to play it on PlayStation 2 or whatever it was. Or three. No, I think it was two. Thing. Anyway, Project Rene, or what have you want to pronounce it, um, is chosen to reflect words like renewal, renaissance, and rebirth. It's described as the next generation Sims game and creative platform that will reimagine the Sims you know and love with new ways to play. Mm. There we go. More Sims on the way, but a long way off yet. But I think a subscription model would work because I think a lot more people would subscribe to that than who... I mean, a lot of people do buy the packs and they make a shit ton of money from those. But having a subscription model will surely mean even more people go and subscribe to it. So those of the, those people who are putting in hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get the latest content, they'd get a bit of a break. But those people like me who've got one or two packs are going to be like, well, actually, I will pay for a subscription model where I pay, you know, so-and-so a month because I'm going to play The Sims for quite a while and I'm going to end up putting in more money. More people putting in a little bit of money will make them more money, like so Game Pass model. So basically what you're saying is you want to waste more money on not playing another game like you did with Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes, although I'm playing Final Fantasy fourteen now. But I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't have a permanent subscription to The Sims. I would play The Sims for however long and have a subscription for that time and then I would stop it. Money would, uh, would have a permanent mo um, subscription to it though. Yeah. Yeah. Money loves a subscription. Hmm. Do you like, yeah, free mods? Right then. <laughs> What would you like is next? Uh, let's go to number one. All right. Which is the big news. Oh. That began over the weekend. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, pre-order and play the campaign up to a week early. Oh, sorry. That's, no, that's just an advert. A massive advert. Yes. No, no, no. It's the, uh, the big news that started at the weekend um, and is still ongoing, which is all about the voice actresses, I will say, for Bayonetta 3. Um, so this kicked off at the weekend where Helena Taylor, who is the voice actress for Bayonetta in the first and second game, released a series of videos where basically she explained that she was offered four grand to be the voice of Bayonetta in the third game. And, um, and she declined that um, because she didn't think that it was enough money. And... Which, which it's not, <laughs> to, be, to be fair. It is not. Uh, four grand is not a lot of money for um, the work that she would be doing, um, voicing such an iconic character um, for however long she was doing it for, and the, considering the amount of money that this game will likely make. Now, that said, it's not going to make a huge, <coughs> amount, a huge amount of money because 
it's a Nintendo game only and it's actually quite niche. Hmm. Um, but yeah, she called it an insulting offer. Um, now, what she said is that um, what Platinum did was not um, illegal, but it was immoral in her view. Um, it was in line with union standards, but it shows that the standard is very, very low and voice actors absolutely deserve to be paid more. Um, and that is the bottom line of this entire argument and, and this whole thing is that it has kicked off a debate and a conversation around how much voice actors deserve to be paid. Um, and it's quite clear that they're not paid enough and they deserve more. Mm. And that is the baseline. From there, oh. things have really kicked off. Um, as part of her video series, she basically called on fans to boycott the game. And that is, well, has, has caused debate. Um, I'm not sure if boycotting the game is really the right thing to do here. Um, I appreciate that she is obviously very hurt, but at the same time, a lot of people are involved in this game that deserve their work to be seen. Um, Jennifer Hale, who is now doing the voice instead, um, she's known as doing Rivet in the latest Ratchet and Clank. She was Femshep in Mass Effect. Um, you know, she's presumably done a really good job and her work deserves to be seen. Um, she is an anti-vaxxer though, isn't she? She is an anti-vaxxer. Nobody's perfect. Um, so, you know, it's, it's difficult to say, right, boycott this game just for one person. I don't think that that will make a difference in the grand scheme of things. I think having the debate and the conversation about standards and, 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 and pay should happen. I don't think that boycotting this game in particular is going to make a difference. Um, Hideki Kamiya um, shut down his Twitter account um, or had it shut down for a while because he was receiving so much hate. Um, the hate then moved on to Jennifer Hale herself to say, why have you taken this role? Um, when she's just the voice actress who needs work. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are speculating that she probably is receiving more money than Helena Taylor was offered. And hey, maybe she was. Um, but that's her choice to take a job. Yeah, when you take a, jo uh, yeah. when you take a job, you, you look at the offer. You don't think, oh, it's somebody. Yeah. It's not her. Yeah, maybe the, uh, somebody said like, Oh, well, it should have been up to her to find out why. Because, you know, Bayonetta is obviously not her that she's taking on this role. She should have found out why. And I'm like, no, that maybe the previous person was busy or maybe they turned it down. It's none of her business. You know, she's been offered this role. She's got every right to take it. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the hate has turned to Jennifer Hale. And, and she has uh, earlier, well, actually overnight, but earlier today that I wrote the story, um, she has been asking fans to basically be kinder online um, because there's just so much toxicity around it. What has since come out uh, in new reports is that Helena Taylor may not have been telling the entire truth. Mm. Um, and it seems that actually she was offered more than four grand. Um, she was actually offered up to 15 grand. Um, but she decided that that still wasn't enough. And what she was really after was a six-figure number um for pay so at least a hundred grand and that i mean i have no idea what necessarily people in the games was... industry are are you know earn for these types of projects but i suspect that that is far bigger um yeah. than, than what a lot of people earn um you know on the one hand yes 
people deserve to be paid what they deserve. Um, on the other hand, if you're expecting something that's just way out of that league, then maybe they're going to say no to that. Um, yeah, it was and it's... four grand for, was it four grand for four five-hour sessions or for five four-hour sessions or something like that? There's a lot of varied information about it. Yeah, but it was per, it was four grand, $4,000 per session, which was either four, which is like four to five hours, which I mean, I would do. But, I mean, obviously I don't have well, yeah. the, uh, I haven't built up the reputation to charge that kind of thing. Well, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the jump from four grand to a hundred grand is pretty large. Um, yes, she deserves to be paid accordingly to, to her talents and her training and everything else that she said. Um, but there's just, there's so many different things happening in this debate and it seems to have really heated up and loads of other voice actors have weighed in. Um, there's people on both sides saying, well, who's really telling the truth here? What is, what really happened? Um, and I feel like Jennifer Hale is now taking the brunt of that, um, which isn't really fair on her. Mm. And I do fear that the bottom line of this conversation, as I said, is about people being paid fairly um, for their voice acting work. And um, that is the bottom line that I fear is going to get lost in all this. Oh, who should play the role? Who originated it? How much did they get paid? You know, is the fact she's kicked off about this, does, is she, are people going to want to work with her anymore like has mm. she now ruined her career by doing this by yeah you know by standing up but yeah um, how is she how does she think she's being offered well platinum have said and there's a couple of people that have corroborated the story and said no that's right about the four thousand per session not for the whole recording um so like is it that she got the wrong end of the stick did her agent mistranslate the contract negotiations did like how did she go from yeah making this this multiple tweet thread video uh, calling him out saying, you know, how terrible it was to actually being like, well, maybe this isn't what she was offered. Um, why, and why would she make that video if it wasn't particularly true? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, weird. it's, it's a complete mess, but that is the big story of the moment. Um, so, uh, so yeah, keep an eye on that. I'm sure there'll be more to come out on this. Um, yeah. I'm sure people who love Bayonetta will still play it um, and uh, because boy quants don't necessarily work and I'm sure Jennifer Hale has done a really great job at voicing the character and I'm yeah. sure it's a great game but equally pay voice actors yeah and I was true <clears throat> yeah pay, pay voice actors but like maybe just wait for both sides before kind of creating such a big drama on Twitter because they must like Platinum must be furious about this because they're like, well, if it is true that they've offered the, you know, a decent amount for what five days work, potentially sixteen thousand dollars, then all this drama and people saying, oh, we're going to boycott Bayonetta because somebody has gone out and said something that's not true, they must be furious. I don't know if they're looking, you know, making legal, <coughs> looking at legal uh, ways to kind of. Well, I mean, she broke her NDA to say all of this, so they can already get legal on that on that regard. Mm. Um. Did she break her NDA? Would she have had an NDA if she didn't accept it? Probably didn't. Maybe not. Or maybe she had an NDA around her previous roles. I've had an NDA before when having a, an interview somewhere. So maybe, unless she signed one before the, the you know, negotiation. Quite possibly. Um, yeah, if anything, the internet is good at it's losing the bottom line, yeah. No NDA until stuff is signed normally. I mean... 
is the NDA expired now? Uh, I don't know. And there wasn't really anything to when it came to the NDA. There wasn't anything actually that was covered by the NDA that was brought up in the interview. <laughs> so it wasn't. Uh, no, it's not. I can't give you any juicy gossip, unfortunately. Sad. Yeah, but yeah. Um. So just. Yeah, just wait and like, oh, are we boycotting, are we pirating, pirating it. It's like maybe just wait a second before going and you know deciding to hound people on Twitter and just just wait, just calm down a bit. Um, somebody was saying should begin Metal Gear says Jay Billsborough, and uh, can we stop hiring live action actors to voice animated characters? I want VAs to get more work. I mean, yeah, that would be great. But also, if Mario, the new Mario movie came out and it was with a load of people you didn't recognize the names of, you'd be like, okay, well, this is some kind of B-rate movie. But they've got, they hire the the Sorry. big, well, they hire the big names because it's like Chris Pratt as Mario. Chris Pratt is, a, unfortunately, is a very big, big name. So you know full well that this is going to be a movie that sells out instantly as soon as it comes out. It's the big blockbuster. They're putting all the money, all the marketing into it. If they're, then hiring people who no one actually recognizes. Name sell. It might not sell for you. You might not be swayed when you see a big name like that, but a lot of people are. And if it's like, oh, it's the Mario movie. It's got Chris Pratt in it. It sounds like it's a big blockbuster and people will want to go and, uh, and see it. Well, maybe people don't want to see it because Pratt's in it now. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's us. Maybe we're just a minority in that, though. As always. Yeah. People don't want to say, I mean, yeah, Chris Pratt, there are people who dislike him because he is with that church stuff, but we're not the majority. 99% of people who are going to see that movie will have no idea about that. I think we sometimes forget that we're in a bit of a bubble. Yeah. Right. Also, I got into a, uh, yeah, I deleted my tweet because, uh, so he found out that the, what's her name? The original Bayonetta. Helena Taylor. Helena Taylor. She follows one of the most, one of the vilest people in British politics, uh, a woman called Caroline Farrow, who is massively anti-LGBT, especially anti-T, but she's also, you know, she's very much kind of, we must protect the families. We can't teach people about gender. We can't do anything like that. And she... They they don't interview her on TV anymore, but they did for a while as the kind of shock anti LGBT voice of the Christian you know Christian front, and she was an absolutely awful, pretty much like a hate preacher. Um, but yeah, she has been a platform. I don't. She is on Twitter, but I'd, she's been banned a couple of times for posting really offensive things, and her pretty much her entire time is anti LGBT, and yeah, she's followed by. Helena Taylor. Helena Taylor, whose name I can never remember. Because I remember it's got two L's in it. Yeah, so she was followed by her. And also the someone had found a tweet that she'd liked of, you know, that was pro-JK Rowling. It was an Alison Bailey, who is also one of the, the chief turfs, uh, that little group. So it's like, well, who knows? Go and uh, make your mind up. I will judge people by who they follow and the tweets they like. Some people won't. But that's up to you whether you judge people by that or not. But she does like a lot of like pro-religious Christian stuff. So I do wonder if she's maybe dropped a follow or liked somebody that is very religious and she just assumed it was kind of a, you know, positive Christian thing. And maybe she wasn't aware of what this person also says. 
it's sometimes hard to judge or it's hard, it's definitely hard to judge people by their twitter follows it's not necessarily a reflection on all of their views necessarily i That's mean true. sometimes i like i like tweets about gaming that might seem controversial but i like them because i'm thinking i might write about that later and it's a nice reminder to go back through my liked tweets and find them again mm. um it doesn't necessarily mean i agree with it i just it's a way of of documenting things yeah um, and sometimes I've... you follow people out of interest because you think that they're or you want to know what they're you might not agree mm-hmm. with them but you want to know what they're following yeah, I mean, I follow, for example, I follow Ian Dale, who I actually know a little bit, but he definitely doesn't align with my politics, really. And I, today I literally followed Harry Cole, who is the political editor of The Sun. Um, awful person. I really don't like him, but he gets quite a lot of exclusives, political exclusives. So I'm following him because I want to, you know, the latest things. But I mean, yeah, following somebody who only tweets anti-LGBT stuff. Why? Why are you doing that? I mean, it's your if it's choice. That specific, then yeah, yeah, that's probably a fair point. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, what's next in the news? Do you want to uh, click over to the next tab, and then I'll explain about it. Go on. It's about. I've heard it's about. I bet it's about Capcom. It is about Capcom. Oh. Um, there are um, there are two horror newsy things happening in the next couple of days. Um, tomorrow, uh, Capcom have their Resident Evil showcase. Um, where they will probably be showing a little bit more of Resident Evil Villagers DLC, which is out next week on the 28th. But mainly, they are going to be showing um, more of the Resident Evil 4 remake, um, which is presumably out next year. So keep an eye on that tomorrow night for the Resident Evil showcase. But this evening, next time, um, this evening, there is a Silent Hill showcase. (gasps) Now, I don't like horror, you know me. What was the shite horror thing that we watched the other day? Event Horizon. Ugh. Yeah, we watched Event Horizon, which... I liked it. Did you, though? I quite liked it. It's a bit silly. Yeah. Um, well, we watched Event Horizon, and then I don't like horror. I don't like cheap horror. I don't like shit horror, so I just thought that was terrible. But we, but when it comes to Silent Hill, I don't know, the movie, the first one, I've only seen the first one because I've heard the others were terrible. The film was brilliant. I loved it. The games I've played bits of and watched people play them, I'm just really intrigued by Silent Hill because I just love the the mystery and the ghost aspect of it. And it's not just kind of needless violence. Um, I've always been more of a Silent Hill fan over a Resident Evil fan. But recently I've been, I've loved Resident Evil. So the fact that Silent Hill is potentially coming back very much excites me. And if they do announce Silent Hill 2... They will. So there, there are multiple projects that they are going to be announcing. It's at 10 p.m. this evening, GMT. Um, there are multiple projects, but they spoiled half of them because literally in the YouTube description, it had Silent Hill 2 PlayStation. But so... when you say Silent Hill 2 PlayStation, what's that? is that going to be a remake? Is it going to be an HD remaster? It's already known they're doing a remake. Like it's... It's, it's an awfully kept industry secret that Bloober Team are doing a Silent Hill 2 remake. Well, I'm very excited about that. And I will play through that on stream as a horror game. I don't usually do that. There will be another Silent Hill game that's a brand new one. I'm hopeful that the Silent Hill games might come to PS Plus, like the originals as a classic. We'll see. Um, And that's tonight. We're going to be uh, watching it live, right? From 11pm. And it's 48 minutes long. 
Are we going to watch it? Oh, of course. Oh, well, we've only got an hour of Wind Waker then. Was it 11? Oh, is it 10? Okay, well, we will... Well, quickly, Silent Hill, is it good? Is it good? I, I've played never it? played a never Silent played Hill it. game, okay. and I would love to. Um, oh. But there we go. And then lastly... Someone says, John said, by the way, why not Silent Hill 1? Why 2? I mean, Silent Hill 2 is one of the best games, and I think that's what the majority of the first film was based on. Two is definitely loved. The f- I, from what I know, the first game is is great and set things up and was known for all of it, all of its fog. Um, but Silent Hill Two is the pinnacle of the series. It's where Pyramid Head came in as the iconic villain uh, or enemy. Um, or is so, it? Well, is he an enemy? Is he a villain? Um, do I need to play one before two? I'm not sure. I'm not the person to ask. I personally probably would. I think they've got the same lead character moment Mm -hmm. but yes um and then the last couple of bits of news are controller news so sony has finally released the price for its dualsense edge ps5 pro controller there's a new ps5 controller where you can basically customize some of the bits on it it's like a pro version of it uh, of the of the normal controller it costs 210 pounds fuck off for one controller no is a cost of living crisis going on, don't you know? Yeah. It's going to be £300 by the time they actually release it as well. Well, the cheek of them to put the price of the console up, and now they're charging £210 for one controller, is just awful. There's a cost of living crisis. People can't afford the console. They're now, instead of... They haven't find the console. Of, well, exactly. Instead of saying, how can we make things more budget? They're like, how can we make things more expensive and sell more expensive versions of them? Mm. Um... There's also the fact that this has extra buttons and triggers on it, which actually a lot of disabled players use um, for accessibility reasons, to, to make games easier for them to play. And they have to play a premium of £210 because there isn't an accessibility controller like there is on Xbox. Um, it's an absolute joke that this even exists, to be, mm. to be frank. Um, it's just, it's awful. Um, on the exact same day, at the exact same time, which was yesterday at 2pm... Um, just Mi- as you went on your lunch, right? Just as I went on lunch. <laughs> Microsoft then announced um, that they have their Xbox Elite Series 2 controllers, which essentially is their equivalent of an Elite, PlayStation Elite controller. Again, you can customise, or you can swap out the controller, the, the sticks and the, the triggers, all this sort of stuff. Um, they have now um, made these available in the Xbox Design Lab, um, as with normal Xbox controllers, so you can change all the colors and customize them, etc., etc. Um, and that costs a hundred and well, there's a version that comes with a case and loads of extra stuff, which the PlayStation version also comes with, which is 175 pounds. So it's still expensive, but it's cheaper than Sony's. Um, Sony's is ridiculous. Oh, I've just read some of the comments. Can I read the comments to you? Sure. Someone says, Wow, even Ed's taking shots at Sony's price tags. Someone says, can't be just dawning on you now that this site has pro Xbox editorial bias. Are you uh, are you pro Xbox editorially? Clearly. Jesus Christ. Some people need to get out. If you comment, no, I'm not going to say. I'm going to finish that, but you can you can expect you can probably understand how to answer how to finish this sentence, but if you comment on articles on news sites, on gaming news sites, ranting about you know what the editorial direction is that you've just created in your head and the last word is yourself go fuck
Yeah. <laughs> There's a fucking a go in there somewhere as well. <laughs> Jesus. Some people just get out. I, I hate the phrase because it's a new phrase and being an old man, I don't like using new phrases, but touch grass. Go out and look at the sky. Breathe in some air. Go and you know, leave your mum's basement or your dad's basement. Just go. Just go a out. Loft. And Not keep, everyone's in the basement. And keep walking. Oh, dream of having a loft. <laughs> uh. Well, that was the news for this week. Yes. That's the news. Don't comment on the news. Just read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That was it. That was it. That was it. That We are done. In fact, we are so done. We're going to go and play The Wind Waker Breath of the Time HD remaster on the Nintendo Wii Switch. You can't wait right you now. You what? You. <laughs> you twat. The Wii fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, that was the end of the podcast then. That was. Where can people go to catch more of you? Where can, um, they, where can they find your Twitter circle? You can. My Twitter circle does not exist, but you can find me on Twitter and on Twitch at Ed underscore Knights. With an N. And you can find me at Biggest Benis everywhere, except Twitter, where you can find me at Biggest Benis 1. Um, and yeah, you can go and listen to all previous swapping joysticks and a website called. Uh, What's it called? What website? No, the previous podcast. Uh, split the screen. Oh, split the screen. You yes. can go and check all of those podcasts out at swappingjoysticks.com. And wait, I just remembered something. Oh, Are you ready? Something important. Something very important. Um, oh, I think I'm. Yeah, I miscounted. So uh, this episode is episode 59 of all our podcasts that we've done. 59? Yeah, I, I've. In my well, head, we've got ten more, ten more episodes <laughs> until, nice. until we do a topless Ed podcast. That's definitely not happening. Yes. All right. Will there be a formula joystick soon? There's Heather. There will, but it might be a bit delayed because we're having we're going to have issues with the sound and things like that by recording it in the same room. So we do need to settle that up. But yes, there will be uh, the final three races. Yes, Japan is live now. Japan is live up there so now, so go, go and that. see what happened there, and it's interesting. Mm. And then we've got the... Uh, no, I think we've got four. Have we got the four? I don't know. Do we, is the Brazilian Grand Prix happening? Because I know it's the US Grand Prix, it is the Mexican Grand Prix, then I think it's the Brazilian, and then Abu Dhabi. I don't know if... I thought there was three left, but there might be four. Sure. Well, there will be more of that, so keep your eyes peeled. Yes. Peel those eyes. All right. Go and say goodbye and all that. Thanks for joining, everyone. See you next week. Keep swapping. What, what, what should people keep swapping? Their joysticks. <laughs>